welcome to what the if with us today today's going to be a powerful episode because the if we have lined up will kick you in the face but mm -hmm. but in the interest of peace i think yes i think that's right and presumably most of our podcasts do some kind of damage to people <laughs> that's right that's right that's right well everyone listening you've all signed the waiver so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that sir is uh, uh, that person uh, speaking is Sensei Matthew Stanley, professor uh, and a historian of science at New York University. And um, uh, what's the name of your um, karate school? Uh, Empty Cup Karate. You Empty can, Cup Karate. Uh, yeah, you can go to emptycupkarate.com and uh, or check us out on Facebook if you're if you're so inclined. Indeed, that's it's a yeah. That, that teasing the if, teasing the if. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But we can also say that today's if comes out of uh, as they often do, if ifs, uh, which are the fundamental uh, unit. Uh, what do you call that? The the what is a fundamental like a fundamental particle? Fundamental fundamental particle, yeah. fundamental particle of this show are ifs, I f, and sometimes ifs uh, spawn other ifs. Um, mm -hmm. Well, now, it, can a fundamental particle spawn other particles? Uh, sure, if you whack it hard enough. Yeah. Okay, and, and there we go. And there that is go. definitely what we do with our ifs. Yeah. That's right. Whack. And the one today came from an if, I think from last week or recently, by our other super duper Captain Ifer here, um, Gabby Panicia. How are you? I am good. Whacked hard enough to produce another if. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gabby is a virologist, uh, uh, which is a subset of biologist, mm -hmm. I guess, what, at uh, Rockefeller. It's, I'm sorry, I was saying. Much cooler subset. Much cooler. Yeah, the, the cool subset. Um, and you are at Rockefeller University, uh, also here in New York. First, we're going to hit the mailbag. Oh, thank you to the What the If players. Here on stage with us, bringing us this sweet country music. Couple things here. Uh, now here's here's this this you know some people. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't pay you guys enough. Here, I'm gonna put another another gold bullion in your purse. Um, what they have players? Would you play again? And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. All right, thank you guys. Um, a mysterious email. We got uh, name blank. No, no name. Always so. So this could be still a very important email. We read them all, by the way. Um, I try to respond to all of you, but if I don't, um, I apologize. Uh, subject: Services required. The services required. Message: Hello. I'm very interested in what you're offering. Please call me to arrange a deal. My number is, uh, and then there's the long number, which doesn't even look 
like any phone number that I've ever seen. And uh, thank you. So thank you very much. I don't know. If, you know, I think what the, if we called this number, I'll put that, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to call that. I'm going to call that number. I'll call it from yeah, some, maybe I'll just find a random pay phone if such a thing exists. Um, well, it sounds like you just got email spam. Oh, okay. That is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds of getting spam? That that hypothesis does sound reasonable, doesn't it? So unlikely. Yes. And uh, here's another one. Here's another one for us. Brooke writes in. Subject: Dark matter as save files. Message: What the if dark matter acted like a video game save file for the multiverses? And when we learn to interact with dark matter, we see what appears to be our past or our future. Uh, like, I suppose, when you play a video game, you can, you can save, right? And then you can go forward. And then if you die, <laughs> you can load up your previous saved thing, go back to where you were and try it again. I don't know if that's what she's getting at. Um, but I'd love to, uh, you know, there's an if. We, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. There's a, there's a lot going on there. But mm -hmm. thank you, Brooke, for sending that in. That really gets us thinking. Uh, and if you have an idea for an if, send it in. Feedback at whattheif.com or just go to whattheif.com and type it right there on the front page. Um, we thank you, Brooke, and we thank you, um, unknown services required uh, spammer. Mm -hmm. Very dedicated. Very dedicated. And now the if of the week. What the if... <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, the band. The, sorry, we were just swapping out the band. That was, it, it takes a little bit of time to kind of tra trade all the guitars and the drums. And uh, we, because we're bringing in the symphony orchestra now. And sure. are you, you guys are ready? Okay. What the if? Everybody was kung fu fighting. Meaning everyone in the world <laughs> the music. Wow. I think they need, you know, it's COVID. COVID has everyone's a little bit off the pandemic. So what the if everybody was kung fu fighting? By the way, who who does that song? Do we know? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> no kung idea. fu fighting. It was a song, but yeah, uh, many years ago. Yeah. Uh, it is a fascinating question. What if everyone? And I think we have to go. Gabby, would you say that everyone? What what level? When we say everyone in the world, I mean, I feel like probably the most interesting thing is if everyone in the world is at at least black belt level. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, which may may a little bit of a little bit of inflation or deflation there in the value of black belt. We'll get to that. Yeah, sure. Um, now, kung fu, Matt, just help us understand what it is. And by the way, I, I think there's a new a, a revival of the kung fu television show. Uh, that's right. Yes, they are doing a, a reboot of it this time with um, uh, actors of Asian ethnicity. Yeah which was a, a notable lack in the original Kung Fu show. That's um, uh, 
uh, all the actors were white and no one actually knew any Kung Fu. So this yeah, was it was very weird. Um, yeah. So we use Kung Fu uh, or Kung Fu is the, I think the Cantonese term for um, Chinese fighting arts. Ah. And uh, generally in the West here, when someone says martial arts, they mean Asian fighting traditions, um, uh, encompassing things like um, Kung Fu, Karate, Jiu-Jitsu, Aikido. Um, and that's a misnomer because every culture has developed its own system of, of martial arts um, for various contingent historical reasons. We tend to associate them uh, with Asia. Uh, but that's not the case. There's um, European martial arts, and there's actually been a revival of interest in um, in that, sometimes called uh, uh, HEMA, Historical European Martial Arts. So if you want to learn how to use a medieval German broadsword or something, you can go hang out with those folks. Whoa, that's cool. Well, yeah. So fun fact, that is actually currently my, I have a uh, sort of get fit, learn martial arts plan, which was sabotaged by the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had started an Afro-Brazilian martial art called capoeira, which has a really fantastic uh, (laughs) history. Um, It looks like a dance if you're not paying too much attention to it Um, because essentially the people that were stolen from Africa and brought to Brazil as slaves, they were teaching it to each other to learn martial arts. And I think eventually they orchestrated a successful uh, slave rebellion, Um, but they disguised it as a dance so that no one knew that they were teaching each other a very effective form of martial arts. and then similarly, uptown, there's a uh, European longsword studio that once I had, you know, mastered control of my body, I was planning on learning the longsword, <laughs> which is probably almost my size. So uh, I yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's all to say, uh, uh, the term martial arts tends to get used to to indicate um, a particular subset of those, but really, it's an entirely global thing. I don't think there's any civilization that didn't develop some system of uh, of fighting. And so, um, in this scenario, uh, everybody, now here's what's interesting, Gabby, if we take the, if literally everybody's Kung Fu fighting, which means everyone has learned a specific, uh, kind of martial arts, right? Uh, particular kind of Chinese martial arts, particular kind of Chinese martial arts. So, um, that's kind of, that's extreme. How, Matt, how might that have happened? It, it, it would, it, I mean, I would imagine that all the other kinds exist, but it's sort of like how English, for instance, has kind of become one of the adopted kind of. Just- yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I think the easiest way to do this is probably, uh, set up a world government with public education. Um, and then Kung Fu gets taught as part of that. And I should say there's precedent for this. So in Japan, for instance, um, you, in your phys ed class, you study judo the way that Americans do baseball in phys ed. So everybody gets a little judo in Japan. I would have been so much more excited for gym if I had to fight rather than like run a mile. Seriously, right? Yeah. My my entire history is a sort of as an only child is my mom attempting to keep me away from contact sports so I don't die (laughs) prematurely. So, for example, I figure skated as a compromise from hockey. Uh, I wanted defense, but that was very expensive. And so I did dance instead. And so I, you know, if in PE I got the chance to really just kind of learn martial arts, I think that would have been a lot of fun (laughs) to my mother's distress. 
I will confess, look, I have to be, I'm literally the odd man out here. Uh, I am third and I am a technically man. And uh, my experience of uh, PE, physical education class, uh, in particular with baseball or really softball even, is I was always assigned to uh, right field, right? That's behind mm-hmm. first base. Yeah. Far out. Uh, of course, I was the last picked, and then I'm assigned there. And even and because I would be the least trouble there, that is the place where the ball is least least likely to wind up. Because I guess mostly it's you have to be left-handed to hit that way, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, nonetheless, my image is instantly the one image I have of PE class is the softball plummeting down towards me, out, out coming out of the sun, and me running. Scared. Yeah, and that was that was purely my experience too. Um, I I still can't catch yeah, a ball, or throw a ball. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's always a matter of of high entertainment in my household. If somebody like <laughs> tosses me my keys or something, because it'll just bounce off my head. Um, <laughs> so I um, uh, whatever why, is that why you went into martial arts? Well, I mean, in a, in a tangential sense, I was also a really small kid, um, oh. so I was always last picked for the team and all the usual stereotypical kind of stuff. Um, so I started martial arts because it was, you know, the Karate Kid, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle era. Um, but it was um, it was a really important experience for me because nobody cared that I was small and skinny and couldn't catch a ball. Um, as long as I worked as hard as everybody else, uh, I was welcome there. Uh, and then over time, um, I quite suddenly discovered that I was in good physical condition and I could do more push-ups in gym class than the captain on the football team and that kind of stuff. Uh, and that was quite an extraordinary uh, realization that I had sort of backed into, um, uh, athleticism. That is yeah, awesome. That's yeah. a common theme. I feel like for kids I know who knew martial arts, I mean, granted, it's not everybody knows it. So you wind up with these sleeper agent kids who <laughs> look completely normal. They're just regular dudes. And then you find out that they can kick through like six boards, like mm-hmm. it's nothing. And it's uh, it's actually really fascinating because there were like this one quiet girl I went to school with in high school and I didn't realize she was like a black belt uh, because she'd been doing it since she was like eight. Oh, that's That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, So, uh, okay. So, kung in kung is kung fu outside your wheelhouse, so to speak. Matt, should we bring it in? I'm happy to chat about it. That's fine. Okay. do we so have black belts thing, in Kung One Fu? thing to think about. Well, uh, no. So the, the belt yeah. ranking system is a Japanese one, but it's been uh, um, uh, Japanese martial arts have been so popular in the West that something like that system has been adopted by many other styles yeah. as well. Um, so my experience has been that folks in Chinese traditions often talk about sash color. So you're a black sash, uh, uh, black belt, uh, but it's the same kind of principle. Um, one thing to, uh, to ponder is that Kung Fu is an umbrella term. Um, that covers a number of different uh, sub-styles, as it were. Um, and one of the, the big divisions in Asian martial arts is between soft styles and hard styles. So hard styles would, be, would look like what you would expect to see with uh, karate, uh, an emphasis on power, direct action, um, physical strength. Um, uh, and then soft styles emphasize... Um, uh, evasion and non-resistance. So, for instance, Tai Chi is one of the the classical soft styles, or Aikido. 
um, that that emphasize uh, position and technique and receptiveness uh, over power. Um, and in uh, and in practice, you would want to study both hard styles and soft styles, so you have a full repertoire. Um, but often, uh, but that's an important thing to consider. So if you're doing a hard style, you're going to be punching through boards and doing lots of push-ups and having people, you know, break bats over your legs and things. Um, and if you're doing soft styles, uh, you're going to be doing a lot of uh, uh, meditation and slow movement. Um, and those have different kinds of effects on you and your head and your body too. Fascinating. Now, can you, can, can a hard style person fight a soft style person is that an interesting matchup? so this is, this is the the, the um, this is the could batman beat superman argument of the martial arts world is right. our soft style superior to hard styles well uh, i don't even mean that but if I'm, in other words, would it be it is it would be an interesting fight in other words that can be done and it is interesting or is it that the soft style just I gets mean, pummeled? They, they look different no no that's the that's the question right is right. the hard style people say of course, the hard style would win, and the soft style people say, "Of course, the soft style will win." Um, right. That's uh, that's just the the nature of the argument. Well, I guess one of, yeah. one of my fun things about actually, so this discussion comes from uh, I was a generation that grew up loving the hell out of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and each of the individual bending styles for the different elements are based off of different martial arts. And so, water bending is based off of Tai Chi; it's a very soft style, hmm. while fire bending is based off of Christ, I can't remember which one it is, but it's a very hard style martial art. And you do frequently get to watch waterbenders doing these slower, uh, very steadier, very flowy moves. Kick the hell out of firebenders who are doing crazy, you know, flip flying kicks and stuff like that. Uh, but they are all based out of, it's still fanciful and, you know, they're slinging fire and water at each other, but it's still based off of actual martial arts techniques. Yeah, yeah, I can, you know, even just another scholarly work, it takes me all the way back to Mortal Kombat. And <laughs> one of the first, you know, that was when the video games, the first sort of the of those sort of hand combat video games started to come out. Um, but yeah, you right, you can choose your character. Yeah, you choose and, your and style. Right? Each one has a different style and then you get mm -hmm. to see all the different combinations. Um, so, but what, what I like about that idea is that if the whole world, let's say the whole world is Kung Fu, but there would be, let's say this is, let's call this the predominant conflict or dialogue in the world. So instead of, for instance, democracy versus communism or cat, I'm sorry, capitalism versus communism, let's say, mm -hmm. um, there is uh, hard style versus soft style. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, that would be great. So they'd, um, they'd get together and trash talk each other on a regular basis. Um, <laughs> And, now, is that uh, is that uh, Mark? That seems very. Um, my image of it of the martial arts and all this is very dignified and things. You do you wouldn't do. Trash well, talk dignified trash talking, but but no okay. trash talking. <laughs> um, and if you watch any kung fu movies, you'll see that that's an important part. You do, you don't just put two people together and they just and they start fighting. They have to get together and uh, insult right. each other's styles. Um, right, uh, right, right. It's got kind of a you know rap battle feel to it. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Except you insult each other's styles and teachers and such uh, until they can't take it anymore. And then the fight begins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so I hope your students defend your honor if somebody insults you as their teacher. Uh, we will have to ask them. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, but this is something that uh, actually is worth worth talking about, too, is that sometimes 
Um, people are reluctant, for instance, to have their kids study martial arts because they're like, well, they're going to get into to fights all the time. Um, <laughs> and there's been some research done on this, actually. Uh, and it turns out that there's, um, in addition to soft versus hard, um, one of the other kind of major divisions in martial arts training is, is sometimes um, uh, traditional versus sport martial arts. So sport martial arts are the ones that uh, go to tournaments and win trophies and such and have kind of competition baked into their structure. Uh, and then traditional martial arts um, typically do not do that and instead have more of a focus on self-development self development and self-defense. Um, uh, that is more on the kind of individual development. Um, and it turns out that if you study um, sports martial arts, uh, you do get into a lot of fights. And if you study traditional <laughs> martial arts, you're much less likely to. Um, yeah. So this might be a thing we want to consider when we're setting up our global Kung Fu system. Well, that's interesting too, because then, yeah, for sure, some countries, it's interesting because how this reflects the way human behavior is anyway, or the way our world is now, that some countries are going to go for the sport fighting type, like we just have to go out and conquer, and others are going to be more um, meditative, you know, perhaps like, uh, uh, let's say, more peaceful countries or more... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or neutral types. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, the big, the big thing here is now a big part of these ifs is the uh, the ripple. As as we like to say that the if, when we say what the if, we're dropping something into a pond and ripples go outward, ramifications go outward. And one of the interesting things you said, Matt, was that there was a global government <laughs> teaching this, mm -hmm. and which is which makes me think a, a kind of interesting flavor of this is that China uh, becomes the global, not just superpower, but the global power. So that's a huge change, right? Well, I mean, they're going to be a huge power, actually, in the cultural sense that everybody will feel they have some tie to um, Chinese culture then, because they all know this, yeah. this Chinese practice um, in the same way that... Um, you know, uh, everybody who watches uh, Hollywood movies has some connection to American culture, whether they like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not the Chinese would actually dominate um, the worldwide kung fu system is is an is an entirely different question. Um, and this is something that it gets argued about a lot. Uh, is you know, karate is Japanese, so are the Japanese best at karate? Um, the Japanese say yes. If you're wondering. <laughs> um, but it's not obvious uh, that that is uh, the case. Um, and in fact, it's uh, it's often quite embarrassing, say, at judo tournaments when um, uh, Europeans or Africans come in and defeat the, the Japanese champion. Um, and there's a lot of soul searching that always happens um, <laughs> after that. I want to give a shout out to some of my friends I know who are in Japan and who are listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, so... Uh, yeah, what's interesting is it reminds me when Matt, you say like, it could be that, uh, let's say there's a global government or something, but that they're teaching the, uh, Kung Fu, but they need not be, it could become sort of little bit disconnected or distant, let's say from Chinese, uh, from China, from actual China, uh, yeah. reminds me of like how yoga is, Mm -hmm. Indian and and I suppose yeah, even I think that's that's a good analogy, right? The, yeah. the sense if you if you take a random yoga class, um, the amount of 
traditional Indian culture you get from that is likely to be fairly low. Um, uh, because as you say, it's become sort of um, detached from its origins. Uh, and that would certainly, but at the same time, people, because yoga is so widespread, um, people know uh, words in Hindi and Sanskrit that they yeah. wouldn't otherwise. And they do have some connection, however thin, um, to the subcontinent. Uh, and something that does happen with uh, when you study martial arts is um, martial arts are often taught, the techniques are taught um, in their original language. So uh, if everyone is studying Kung Fu, everyone's going to be learning a little bit of Mandarin, almost certainly. Yeah. Um, and they will probably be pretty bad at it. Um, and this is something that is uh, that is quite agonizing, actually. So I, I first started learning some Japanese through my karate training, and then I formally studied Japanese later. And I discovered that um, martial artists in the West are really bad at pronouncing Japanese words. Um, and like, why shouldn't they be? They, they <laughs> don't have connections <laughs> with Japanese speakers. Um, but it's, uh, uh, it gets to the point where if I pronounce things correctly, people don't know what I'm talking about. So I have to intentionally mispronounce words so that Americans know what I'm saying. Um, and that's a little weird. What's one word that uh, we can learn to speak properly? Well, karate, for instance, right? That's oh. how Americans will say it. Um, right. And it should be karate. Oh. Um, but if I say that, nobody knows what I'm saying. So it's moot. See, however, you are talking to me who was raised on SpongeBob. So I do know that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that brings up a really good point about language and how the language of these things shift. Because I was going to bring up memes. If you have an entire generation of children being taught the same thing in PE, you would not believe how fast they're going to make a meme out of it. Because <laughs> the, instant, the instant, like, the PSATs are done, those kids are on the internet and they're making memes. I mm -hmm. have never seen the cask of Amontillado blow up so much as it did wow. when a bunch of kids came out of the PSAT and were like, I'm going to make a meme out of this. Wow, so, that would not have occurred to me, yeah. Yeah. And so what I think is really funny is you're going to have a whole TikTok craze of kids who know these various different martial arts making jokes about it. They're going <laughs> to probably be ragging on, you know, each other for, you know, if there's a similar throw or something like that in two different martial arts and you call it different things. I'm sure they're going to be mocking each other over that. Of like, oh, it's basically this. Um, so you're going to have, in addition to just everybody knowing martial arts, you're also going to have probably slightly age-dependent culture of how people talk about it and interact with it in their own lives. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Yeah, um, that's very cool. Now, I'm, I'm most interested, I'm, I'm, I'm particularly interested in the mental aspect. Okay. Um, and par partly perhaps because the one time I, I did sort of, uh, I did take karate, uh, very basic. But when I was a kid in uh, summer camp and karate was one of the things you could take. And I remember being surprised. It wasn't like that whoever the teacher was there, um, you know, did teach it more as when I think of it now, almost like yoga or a gym class, like we did a million pushups and, and all that kind of stuff. And we learned, mm -hmm. we would learn the, I suppose, some of the, what do you, you don't call them poses or what, what, what would you call? Like uh, karate would be kata. The kata. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it was more about, you know, being in the moment and things like that, um, learning to right be in the flow. And yeah. so, uh, Gabby, when you were doing, what is it that you found most 
powerful about the state of mind or mind and body you would get in some of the best uh, times you were doing some of these? I mean, so I was doing capoeira, which is set to music. And oh, I was also in a particularly like, hot, they, they had turned at least that one. They, they do one traditional one that's meant to just kick your butt. And I didn't know which one was which. So I took the one that was meant to kick your butt. So I was not in the Zen phase. It was like high intensity <laughs> interval training and I was dying. Yeah. Um, I also did not know basically where my feet were at any given point in time because Capoeira has some things that look, um, they're not like traditional like feet shoulder width apart kind of stances. And um, when you set yourself up for some of these kicks in the fact that they're sort of veiled in a dance, you do a step that might require you to turn 360 degrees around. But then at the end of that, that's when you deliver the kick. Um, so a lot of me not knowing which foot to put my weight on meant I nearly slipped in a concrete a couple of times. So it was not the most Zen uh, experience of my life, unfortunately. But I will admit, as someone who is generally physical when society opens up, I can't run. But for other hobbies that I've had, you do get in a zone of mm -hmm. just like, you know, yeah. you do a thing, it clears your head. I rock climb. And so, you know, what? you're trying to scale something and not fall. Um, you, that kind of puts you in a certain, a certain kind of Zen. Yeah. yeah, martial arts are, are particularly good for, for getting you into what's sometimes called a flow state, right? mm. um, which is the technical term for the zone. Um, and part of that is um, there's uh, something about people trying to punch you in the face that really focuses your attention. Um, uh, and that, But that's also a matter of how it is taught, right? So we, you can just do solo work. Um, and get lots of good benefits in terms of physical fitness and concentration and such out of that. Um, but then putting your hands on another person um, and learning how to um, deal with their movements and get them to do what you want them to do um, is an entirely different kind of thing as well. Um, so you learn uh, a lot about, like, for instance, that's how I learned how to do um, uh, massage as well is that huh. you you learn where the pressure points are on somebody's body and it turns out those are both good places to hit them to cause pain and also <laughs> good places to massage for relief so okay this has um, to be a tv yeah, show this has to be a netflix show this is the, the masseuse and he's you know by day a masseuse but at night he's a superhero who does who uses those masseuse skills to fight crime mm -hmm. yeah it's all pretty standard stuff 100 <laughs> percent uh, yeah, it's interesting. It reminds me of like, uh, I must say one of the, I do love uh, cycling and uh, rollerblading. I, I did that for many years. Mm. And I remember once I find that it's same like with Gabby, once you get past the beginner stage and there is something to be said for beginner's mind, right? There's a thing about that. You yep. know, you're in an unfamiliar place and you really have to like uh, get a, learn this new world. But I remember thinking that just that simple thing of roller skating moving in that way completely changed like my uh, understanding or my perspective on like the ground. Like it was, I'm walking, hmm, yeah, I, right. Yeah. You just notice very subtle change, you know, very subtle ups and downs and bumps mm -hmm. and things like you, you see everything in a completely different way. And of course, if you're on a bike, you, it's not quite as extreme, but you know, if you see sand or you see a 
speed bump, you know, you have a, a visceral reaction to it in a way that you wouldn't if you were just walking or even perhaps in a car. So, um, what, uh, it, when it's taken to the extreme or when you get to the level of training, Matt, for instance, that you get to, what are, what are some of the more profound ways that it, um, affects you? Um, Basically, you become a Jedi is, is my impression. Uh, that's right. So I'm wearing robes right now. Yeah. Actually, for, Excellent. For that reason. Excellent. Um, one of the things that good training will will leave you with is an awareness um, of what's happening around you and what people are doing around you that um, you might not have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, the origin of that is for kind of self-defense purposes. Is this person getting ready to attack me? Um, but once you're past that kind of paranoid state, um, it's actually this very pleasant alertness and awareness, um, of what's happening around you and how people are, are interacting, um, that you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, so like, um, the subway is a good place to, to practice this. Um, can you, Oh, you practice karate on the karate on the subway? Well, in, in the very simple sense of, Yeah. yeah, I pay attention to what's happening around me in a way I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, so I said, partially that's self-defense, who's the dangerous person on the train. Um, but it also means that um, I get to see and be aware of interesting things going on that I wouldn't otherwise. Um, uh, like, what's that weirdo in the corner doing? Oh, it turns out they're actually doing a watercolor painting. I wouldn't have noticed that if I hadn't been paying attention right. um, to whether or not they had a weapon. He would have kicked them in the face. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Um, now, speaking of that, actually, tell me about this. Uh, and I'm curious too, Gabby, if you got in, in any of your uh, training and these, trying these different things, you got to this place. I'm really fascinated by that place of, uh, and I've known, fortunately, with, like with documentaries, one of my favorite things is I've, uh, veterans stories about veterans is, is kind of frequent thing in documentary. We often come across veterans and I've always been amazed. People have literally you know, been in war, been in combat and uh, training and things like that. Uh, that place. And this is something I've always, my image, in fact, of martial arts masters is that sense of, I could do something, but I won't. Um, the huge difference between the kid who's like just learns to, you know, oh, I can punch really hard and I know how to do it, so I'll just do it, um, versus the master. So, what what is that like? And and if the whole world was like that, what would that be like? Like they say, my hands are deadly weapons, right? My hands are mm-hmm. licensed. Is that true? By the way, do people actually have to license their hands as deadly weapons? They do not. No. Okay. All right. Um, well, in this world, they would. Uh, in this world, they might. Yeah. Presumably yeah. there would be extensive uh, bureaucratic records about everyone's fighting. Ability. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's right. So there's this um, this thing that I, I like to call green belt syndrome, um, which is when you <laughs> when you know a little bit, you feel an urge to demonstrate that to people on a regular basis. Um, uh-huh. And that often takes the form of challenging people when it's not necessary and getting into yeah. Fights and such uh, that's were not needed, um, and then when you hit a certain point, you don't feel so much the urge to, uh, to you don't feel the need to prove yourself to um, 
the, the people around you. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the old master. It's not worth it. I'm not going to bother starting a fight kind of, um, attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it would be nice. If, it would be nice if we got people to that. I suspect, unfortunately, most people would get to just the green belt syndrome. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> that may be where we're at a little bit. Uh, Gabby, what would the world be like if no if nobody needed to prove themselves? I think it'd Wouldn't be really be a- nice. Oh my god, it'd be really nice. <laughs> I mean, also too, if you could just settle things with like a very regulation sparring match, that might make things easier. Mm-hmm. You've had a feud for twenty years, and it's all passive aggression, and you know, you and your neighbor subtly getting your dog to pee on the other one's roses or something like that. You can said you could just settle it with, you know, one good fight and then your friends and you're like, all right, cool. He won the fight. You know, mm-hmm. I'll give him this. Maybe that might make things easier. Or you don't mess with your neighbor because you know that, you know, he also has fists of fury and uh, you've never seen him fight. So you don't know uh, if he would destroy you. And then claim, your, claim your house as his own. I don't know, like hermit crabs or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, well, one thing that's interesting is a little bit that was implied in the if is what if everyone was equally matched, uh, which is a really right. hard thing to imagine. But mm-hmm. I'm curious, what what does that do? Uh, like, you don't even see that in nature, right? Obviously, there's always the, there's going to be a range, there's going to be a leader and a follower and mm-hmm. um, someone at the front of the pack and someone at the back. But I, I'm, what happens if everything is equally, if everyone is equally matched um, in both, that would have to be both mentally and physically, right? Uh, yes. Okay. What would happen? I mean, in a strange way, it's like, well, it would be the ultimate equilibrium. Um, uh, possibly. Uh, I think we would end up with a lot of sneak attacks. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. If you know the other person is just as good as you, oh, then right. come okay. up with some other. So I think that what would happen is that no one would use their kung fu for fighting, um, but they would come up with other ways to to do that. I also think that too. You know, there's the nice factor of people are lazy, and mm-hmm. so say everybody knows how to do martial arts, but you don't really want to. I'm just trying to get to the grocery store. Like I'm not really in the mood. Yes, so I could stop work. that bad guy, but oh my god, it's a lot of work. So you could just not like fighting. Well, it's interesting is it means that they would, uh, in order for this even to maintain itself, that equilibrium, everyone would have to be in top physical, top training, right? In other words, uh, if yep. you start, to, if you mm-hmm. get lazy, now suddenly there's an imbalance. And the only way it would work, there's only two ways this work. One is if everybody somehow manages to maintain top physical training and then somehow, I mean, it, it would have to be their clones or something, right? Because otherwise, even just your age yeah, would make right, a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or at the other end of the extreme, uh, you know, the great Wally, the vision of Wally, where everybody's fat and lazy, <laughs> that probably would be the most peaceful planet. So, right. I mean, it's like they're not going to. In that case, at the low end, you can be e- kind of equally matched. Once you, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you can't get off the sofa, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, what is? Yeah, keep. I'm going to keep pushing on this just as we wrap up. Push it all the way. The the men, just 
how would the world be transformed if everybody um, got to master Kung Fu level? Uh, well, so overall health is much better. Ah, um, yeah. This is a, a, a pretty important thing, actually, particularly here in America, where we are not a very fit bunch. Yeah. Um, people uh, will have better concentration um, huh? uh, and generally act in more respectful ways to each other. Um, and I say I'm not just um, making all this up as partisan. As I said there's research on what happens um, to young people who train in the martial arts, and these are all real things that happen. Um, they tend to have uh, more stable lives, um, mm. uh, a better support network, and um, uh, general socialization. So people will be leading better lives. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, Gabby, how about you? What do you think? Uh, just very much similar to Matt. I think that there might be some unexpected but really interesting uh, side effects of this, I guess. Uh, I talked briefly about body awareness. So maybe people are much better dancers uh, mm, than you would expect. Um, I believe martial arts also teaches you pretty well how to take like a fall too. Um, so maybe people manage to get hurt less from dumb accidents because everybody has slightly better reflexes and uh, is able yeah. to, um, you know, catch themselves better and not in a dumb way that snaps their wrist or something. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a real thing. Uh, in particular, falling as that gets commented on a lot. Um, uh, some years ago, my wife, after she'd been training for a couple of years, um, she stepped on a, a loose paving stone and Ooh. actually fell into a like construction site where they were working. And oh. she was carrying a bottle of rum at the time. Um, <laughs> so she falls onto jagged rocks and nails, and the bottle breaks. Um, and, but she just rolls up to her feet and she's fine. And all the workers are in their construction site. are like, Oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> Expecting her to be impaled and bloody. And she's like, no, I'm fine. I just smell like rum now. And I have to go buy another <laughs> bottle of rum. Wow. That is, that is awesome. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. Wow. I can actually, amazingly, I can relate in a strange way because I had this, you know, I did rollerblade for a long time, many years. Um, I had that same thing. You, you develop the ability to fall without, you know, without hurting yourself. Um, figure skating, they spend the same in, for the basic levels of figure skating. They spend a while teaching you how to not kill yourself yeah. on the ice. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's just, I took up rollerblading because I had ice skated for a while before that. Um, but my sister will never let me forget that on the very first day we both uh, went to have our very first ice skating lesson. We were little kids. She went right out and, you know, joined the class. And I was so scared to even step on the ice. They had to bring me like a walker. Mm. <laughs> and I've had that for my whole, and believe me, after you do that for one class, you're like, I will never. That's probably why I ended up being a good skater. <laughs> I was like, I will never okay. suffer this humiliation again. So. Um, well, thank you. This is a very interesting, real change of pace, mm -hmm. real change yep. of pace. Very, very interesting. Um, and, uh, as the pandemic ends, so hopefully, you know, as this year continues to roll on and hopefully yeah, wherever we'll, you... we'll start up training again soon. Once people are vaccinated, yep. you're welcome to come train with us. Um, if you want to do, uh, Okinawan karate and, uh, Gabby, I hope you get to your long sword soon i hope so too i just want to be brienne of tarth man that's okay. it yeah. 
Have you ever done? What is the double bladed one? Like the Darth Maul? That is not real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really? There's no sword. Even not just, one. Not one you would actually want to use. No. Yeah, I mean, there are like bladed staffs, but I don't think there's specific. Just, yeah, you still arts. don't put blades on each end. That's good. Right. Yeah. No. Not oh, each just, end. Like one end. It's more like a spears. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, I saw that on Star Trek. So yeah, I'm I'm very well. I'm very well versed. Well versed in the sci-fi martial arts. Of course. And Jackie Chan, but I'm just going to give a shout out, man. Jackie Chan's movies, uh, Drunken Master, Drunken Master Two, mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, these are actually genuinely. I recommend these as not uh, uh, not just in f- fun watching martial arts done, but as great cinema. Really amazing. Yeah, some of them stuff. are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Um, well, thank you. Uh, in, now, in uh, um, in yoga, I know, for instance, they say namaste at the end. Is there a word you say at the end of a karate lesson? Uh, there's, yeah, there's kind of a whole little uh, ritual you can do, but usually we say domo arigato to thank each other for uh, for the training. Um, and we would bow, which is actually proven to be very handy in, in COVID era to have a, a body distanced reading and uh, for a while. Oh, right. <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. Yes. And uh, don't worry, I got to Mr. Roboto. That's all mm-hmm. I can say That's about one. that. Big one. Um, wonderful. Gabby, is a- anything you want to plug? Nope, anything I am unplugged. Wanna... Unplugged. <laughs> That's excellent. Very nice. Makes it sound like acoustic version of my life as opposed yeah. to just <laughs> yeah. the pandemic. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can call this the unplugged, except for the Zoom thing. It's just plugged. Um, Matt, anything you would like? Well, yes. What, co- so say the name again. Uh, copper. Oh, yes. So uh, Empty Cup Karate. Empty Cup. Um, and uh, of course, we're not doing anything at the moment, but, you know, like us on Facebook and you can uh, uh, hear our announcement when we start up again. Yeah. And if someone's just generally interested in this topic now, is there a particular a site or a book or just something you recommend um, or movie? <laughs> karate Kid. Yeah, you can't beat the Karate Kid for sheer schlock. Um, uh, uh, apparently, though, the new show people really like. I've seen uh, yes, a little bit. It is, it is very good. Look good. Um, all right, Sensei. Thank you very much. Um, and Gabby, you are also a Sensei. I am for, not. <laughs> <laughs> for us today, for the past 45 minutes or so. No, I'll take that. I'll take that. We've yeah. been sensei Um so we have a, a lot of, uh, really have some pretty awesome surprise guests coming up, lined up in the pipeline. So uh, stay tuned for those. If you haven't subscribed, do so. If you if you just stumbled across, if this is the first show you've listened to. Um, by the way, if this is the very first show you've listened to, before you fall into the habit of continuing to listen without writing in, which is fine. If you're enjoying it and you keep listening, that's great. But uh, if you just heard this, what is? And I'd love to know what's your first reaction. What do you think? Uh, you can email us feedback at whattheif.com. You can go to our website, whattheif.com. And um, if you subscribe, by the way, on your podcast app, you'll see all the episodes there. But if you want to go to the website, not only will you be able to, um, you know, each episode has, has its own page. And our incredible researcher, also named Gabby, uh, is um, every episode she's been adding more and more uh, extra materials there. And actually, I bet for this one, she'll have a lot of fun stuff. So uh, check those out um, on the website and right on the front page of the website. You can subscribe if you haven't already. Just go whattheif.com. And there's also a little box there. You can type a message to us and send it along. Uh, If your idea is chosen, as many of you out there know, 
you get raised to super emperor status. Um, you, you are like a, you become a cannon firing a massive if into the universe. And uh, we run for our lives as it comes plummeting down from the sun, just like I used to run from a softball coming down. Up, you know, a lame, slow bow ball that could kill me. In, 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 that's how it felt in the moment. So speaking of things coming down, raining down from the sky, when we think of all these, yeah, Gabby, how would you, how do you just, what is this ritual that we end with? And everyone, those of you who know this ritual, get ready, start warming up your voices, start doing your push-ups, or what is it? Oh, Matt, is there a stance you take, or is, is there a sort of like, uh, breathe, what would you? Uh... Uh, yeah, why don't we get into uh, Sanchandachi, to take stance for Okay, Sanchandachi, and Gabby, how do you perceive what does this ritual mean to you? Yeah, so in light of all of the ifs still remaining in the universe <laughs> that might, you know, descend from the sun like a softball from the heavens uh, to strike the soft flesh of, and soft and curious flesh of our brains, uh, we scream in awe and terror the name of the show at the end of an episode. And here come the... Uh, here's the pitch. The swing, the crack of the bat, and what the, the...